What's up, guys? Welcome to Made for Profit, a podcast where we talk business in the shop and help you monetize as a maker. Each week, we'll cover the topics most important to you from marketing and selling your products to winning on social media and everything in between. I'm Brad Rodriguez, a part-time content creator running Fix This, Build That, and my co-host John Malecki is a full-time furniture maker running metal and wood custom furniture. Over the past few years, we've seen the value of bouncing ideas back and forth, and we want to bring you into the conversation and help you grow along with us. Welcome to episode 10. Today, we're going to talk about taking your side hustle or part-time gig to full-time status. When is the right time and what are those important things that you need to think about and have in place before making that decision? John, what is up, my man? Not much, dude. Pretty pumped for this episode uh, for multiple reasons, but mostly one thing. Um, Someone that I'm uh, close friends with has recently made the jump from part-time to full-time, and I'm very excited for them, and this timing just happened to be great. Um, So, so Brad? Who who is? Oh, wait a minute. (laughs) Yes, it it (laughs) is Thursday at uh, 1230, and we're recording the podcast, and the main reason of that is because I have gone full time. Yes. I have yes. quit my day job. That's yes, we need a we need a clap track. Yep. That's what two <laughs> claps on a podcast sound like. Yes. <laughs> so yes, I have gone full time. We're going to have to update the intro. It says part-time content creator. I love it. So are. yes. Congratulations, my friend. Thank you, man. Thank you. So for for everybody out there who didn't know, uh I had a full-time job. Uh, I've been in the workforce uh, in engineering and process improvement for the last 17 years. So this has um, been something that is a long time coming. Always had the entrepreneurial spirit. We'll talk more about that later. But all of these things that I've been able to put in place over the last two to three years um, have now allowed me to get rid of that job and do what I am totally passionate about and I will be full-time content creation. So th- we thought that like John mentioned the timing on this episode was perfect. We kind of set it up this way. We knew that this was going to be happening so we tried to build some things into it beforehand. Um but yeah, I think this is a, an awesome timing and man, I am I am so excited for all the things we have to come and now <laughs> made for profit I can actually do it during the day, right? Instead of nighttime. Yeah, I'm more excited that I don't have to stay up till midnight to record because one, you're a night owl, and, and two, uh, it's it's crazy because Brad does have you know a lot going on in his life as well as a wife and kids. So those things I don't have, I can just do stuff whenever. I'm pumped that we can now dedicate some daylight to made for profit and bring not one just a better podcast, but two you know more better quality content to everybody else out there. So I'm absolutely. Stoked, man. Absolutely, man. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Uh, and we are so excited. And part of this, the the whole MFP journey and the, the tribe is our patrons. And so jumping into that, we have some folks join the patron tribe this week. Over there, we had Taylor B. Hubble, Ox in the Shop, Jason Hymas, Jordan Kinley, and Joe Nordvit. So thank you so much, guys, for joining over there. And if you would like to join the patron tribe, uh, you can go to patreon.com forward slash made for profit. There'll be a link in the show notes as well. And there's some great rewards for those folks, including an after show um, and some other cool things you can check out. So what have you been doing this week, John? 
This has been a, an interesting week for sure. I finally wrapped up the bookshelf with the sliding barn doors. I'll have a video out by the time this episode drops, which is exciting. Um, and I'll have a plan up for how I did that hardware without my welder. Uh, also, I had Timberland Pro in this week shooting some promotional footage for their own branding. That'll be out this winter, I believe. But that was a cool cool process, having a professional production studio in the shop, shooting some um, behind the scenes, kind of telling my story. We went to my high school. We um, got to meet my parents, the dogs. It was it was cool. and uh, <laughs> Nice. And, and uh, yeah, so – and then I have uh, my – my baby, as I'm going to call it, my uh, new weld table from weldtables.com is in. So I'm going to get that bad boy put together. And I should be out on my social by the time this video comes out as well. Uh, dude, this podcast. Yes. I'm looking forward to seeing that. That sounds awesome. Yeah. What do you got going on, dude? Wait, you're so, full-time now. <laughs> I, I am full-time. Exactly. <laughs> so first and foremost, this week, I have been playing Mr. Mom. Yes. Um, Yes. And, and so <laughs> as part of this whole journey uh, and transition, uh, one of the things we'll talk about is that my wife is gone, has gone back to work as a teacher. And so she's teaching high school. And part of that, the teachers go back early before the students do. So there was an overlap where she had started working and I had just stopped working. There was actually a week where we were both working and the kids are not in school. So that was interesting. Uh, but this week she was working. She is working. And um, the kids just started their first day today. My two oldest and my youngest is still at home. So I've been getting first hand experience on the Mr. Mom. And let me just tell you to all those uh, moms and dads out there who are stay at home parents. Uh, you guys are awesome because it is <laughs> Bless your insane. Heart. Whoa, it is insane. Yes, uh, kids are awesome and they take a lot of time and effort. So I've been doing that. Uh, in the meantime, I've been working on uh, some some live edge floating shelves that I was doing out of some firewood I had hanging around. So that's kind of cool. Uh, a little bit out of a stopping point right there. So that's may or may not be that the next project to come up. But I tell you what, man, I'm I'm excited for next week. Uh, next week, my daughter will start going into school. Then the week after that will be full time. So I'm not technically 100 uh, percent into fix this build that just yet. Uh, but it is coming soon. And it's been a great transition just to have some time with the kids and hang out with them before they started school. So good stuff. Yeah, dude. Hey, what's up, guys? This is future Brad. Unfortunately, Brad in the past when he was recording this episode was way too excited about going full time and forgot to mention a few very important things. I have a huge giveaway that will have just launched right before this podcast came out. Go check it out on my website, fixthisbuildthat.com. Uh, lots of awesome, awesome stuff to give away and give back to you guys. The other thing, August 21st. I will be having a local meetup here in Nashville, Tennessee, just south of Nashville in Franklin. It is going to be August 21st that evening um, around 6 or 6.30. Check my Instagram for all the information on that. I would love to see and meet as many of you as I can. So if you're local or if you're in a short drivable area, I would love to see you then. All right, back to past Brad. So uh, obviously going full time is a huge huge commitment and decision and one not to be taken lightly. So one of the things that we wanted to do is just kind of walk through uh, really, again, an overview. And this is not necessarily going to be a, a how-to, but more of a, here are the things you need to think about. Here are the things that John and I thought about. And, and John's um, journey was a lot different than mine, obviously, because he went straight in. It was not a transition. It was just um, 
trial by fire, if you will. So it'd be cool to hear uh, our two differing opinions from it. But what I will tell you is from uh, somebody who did work in corporate America for 17 long years, uh, the, the, the corporate shackles on. And I, I mentioned it in some other areas in my on my show and a lot of times on my IG live when people would talk about it and ask about it um, is one of those things is that as you go in the corporate life and every year, uh, you know, hopefully you're getting a, a pay raise and you're getting these uh, other incentives from corporate America if you're at a larger company, uh, which I was able to do, which was great. But what it does is it makes that jump harder and harder to do. Uh, and so what I want to tell you before we get started here is that, you know, don't think just because you're 10 years into your career that you can't do it. Right. I was 17 years into my career uh, when I really figured out that it was not what I wanted to do. Well, I didn't figure that out 17 years in. <laughs> that was about five years in. Uh, and I fought it for a long, long time. Um, but you can do it. You can go full time. But there are lots of things you need to think about. So we'll just jump right in there. Uh, and I think some of the things that you have to have in place, John, I know that that uh, we were both talking about before the show is the most important one probably is business plan and what that means to different people, uh, whether that's a formal document or just, um, you know, those things within a business plan. But, you know, when you look at it, what do you think those most important things are in a business plan that people need to be thinking about? So there's your there's your standard concepts for you know how businesses function. Um, essentially, where your money's coming from, what you're spending the money coming in on, and how much money you're making at the end of the day. Um, there's some awesome tools out there. Before we jump into it, for creating your own business plan, and, and I use uh, Dale Partridge's, and we'll have a link. Um, but it, it, creating a business plan doesn't necessarily have to be on paper. It doesn't have to be this formal document. Um, and I want to, we want to get that out there before we, we dive into it. Um, so check out that link, uh, snapshot business plan. And I think it'll help as we, as we go through this, but you need to be considering your, your income streams, uh, excuse me, your income statement, your revenue streams. You mean thinking about expenses and also what type of margin and what type of business do you want to operate? Do you want to operate a business that's primarily making money on sales and production? Or do you want to be operating a business that's making money on affiliate and, uh, you know, secondary income streams or like, so are you going to be running a content business versus a product business? And from there thinking about, you know, what stuff costs, um, it's not <laughs> as easy as having a conversation for a minute and a half. Um, this is some real deep stuff that you need to put the time into, um, figuring out and, and set yourself up to win down the line. Um, this is something that took me two years after starting my business to actually learn, which is a reason that my business wasn't functioning very well for the first two years <laughs> is because I didn't really have a clear direction on where I was going. I, um, I didn't know where my money was coming from. Well, I knew, but I didn't know clearly where my money was coming from. Um, what's what revenue streams I needed to be working on, which ones I needed to not care about. Um, and you know, where my, a lot of my expenses were going, it's easy at the end of the year to look and go, Oh, I made X dollars, but are you actually profitable? Are you actually running a business? Or are you just hustling and putting, putting checks in the bank? So as we constantly preach is always having a plan. And I think that's number one. I mean, I know you're, you're a planner, Brad, and, <laughs> um, yes. you know, so I'm more of a generalist. Um, I don't know. You might be a little different, but specifically, like what are, what are the items that you're looking at when it comes to business planning? Yeah, I, I think so. When you look at uh, and there's some really cool resources. So one thing I'll go ahead and say, and we won't necessarily have a link to it because it's going to be different for every state is look at your state's 
uh, website and go to, there should be like a business section. And a lot of them will have like small business administration for your state. I think that's a pretty standard thing. And in Tennessee, they have a great thing that's like how to start a small business. And they have that planning tool uh, planning tool in there. And so the other part of a business plan, not just what John said, you know, John's hitting on the financials, which obviously is the thing that most people think about is, you know, can I make this work financially? Um, but on the other side of that, to support it is like, who is your customer? And I think is mm-hmm. where John was getting at the revenue stream. So uh, are you B2B? So are you business to business? Are you B2C, business to customer? Uh, you know, who are you serving and, and what amount of your income is coming from? Who is your customer? If you're serving a customer, what does your market look like uh, in the sense of how much competition is there for what you're doing right now? Uh, what are they selling things for? Have you really thought that out and looked at how you're going to be able to perform in the marketplace? Um, if you're selling products, because that's extremely important uh, from a B2B perspective, uh, which would be mainly what I'm doing. So I'm working with uh, corporations and get doing sponsored things as well as doing ad revenue. Uh, so the things that I need to be thinking about is what does the the temperature of the environment look like as far as, uh, you know, is this a time where where companies are investing money in social influencers and sponsoring uh, content and and social media and videos and those things. Or is this a time, you know, in in a recession, my job's going to be a lot harder because that money tightens up because uh, the the spending, you know, from the consumer side tightens up. So you need to really understand that. Um, And, you know, as far as me, I I definitely have those things, John, looking at the income statement. So what I do is, is really look at all the revenue streams that I have, which, you know, in my for what I'm doing as online content creator, um, you know, we've talked about it before, but there's a ton of buckets, you know, and so mm-hmm. I've got to add those all up and figure out, okay, which ones, uh, you know, like you said, which ones do I need to focus on? Which ones do I need to build up that I think can be bigger? Which ones do I need to uh, make sure that uh, I'm growing and which ones do I need to maintain? So yeah, I've got those all in a spreadsheet, obviously. Uh, and I, I see exactly where my money's coming from and then add that up and then have the expenses and kind of roll it all together. So yeah, I, I think that's, I'm pretty much in the same boat as you, John, uh, that I look at it financially first and then try to add those things in. And, and like you, I don't have a written, so I'll just say that as much of a planner as I am, I do not have a written business plan with a document called business plan, but I have all these things you just talked about, but they're in, you know, just different things and different the way I've structured it. Absolutely. And I actually do have a written business plan, ironically, um, as it's usually <laughs> the opposite with us. But um, yeah, so the financials and the capital needs for the business are a huge part of it. But you also want to be thinking about what Brad said with evaluating the market and thinking of your product and your operation strategies. So your product strategies are going to be based around what you're selling. Are you selling content? Are you selling product? And then your operation is going to be how much money or, or what's going into each one of those. Um, and then lastly, you need to develop your product or whatever your sale concept is around a few things. Um, and that's going to come down to creating a company overview or mission statement. So that's like your general business plan. Um, and we're not going to walk you through those parts because that's not what this show is about on this episode, at least. But things to consider when jumping to full time is 100% having a plan, thinking about it very meticulously, and then taking that next step um, before you do anything to change your life. Because because having that stuff in place helps dramatically. I think the um, I think the second part to the uh, the the tiers, I guess, or the or what we're getting across in this episode for things to have in place is 
your branding concept. Um, a lot of right. us, you know, are, are, are building um, brands online because that's the way the world works these days. So if you've created an Instagram or Facebook or social media accounts based around your, your woodworking furniture, we'll stick in that category for now. And you're looking to start selling and going and moving to full time. Well, you've already started your brand development. Um, and that's going to come down the, though the parts that play into that, excuse me, are going to be Everything from your website to your logoing, 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 <laughs> logoing, is that yeah, right? <laughs> how you're managing those social accounts? These type of things matter when it comes to going full time because you have to have them all locked down and in place. The minute you go from doing this as a hobbyist to a business, those become vital to the survival of your marketing strategy for you. Right. And don't think that uh, so don't think it has to be perfect, but you want to have it. You want to have it solid to a place that you feel good about it. It looks professional uh, as far as as the logoing. Uh, but definitely you want to have those pieces in place, the website for sure and your social media accounts, because uh, that is you know where you have to be to compete in the market. Um, you, you don't have to, but man, it really helps uh, and it helps grow more business. But uh, also don't get don't get stalled out by it that if you're thinking, oh, this isn't the perfect logo, I'll be straight up honest. I still don't love my logo. Um, I really like the fix this build that part, but I don't love my mark. I guess it would be the mark. Um, and so, you know, I just don't think it's unique enough. But um, I just said, hey, look, it's good for now and I can change later. And you see people rebrand all the time. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, don't think you're stuck with it either, but definitely have something to go out of the gates with uh, because you're going to be sending out you know, flyers, whether social media, whether that's uh, digital flyers, you know, like a post on your social media, or it's just when people see you on YouTube or they see you on Facebook and they recognize that logo and they start getting a brand identity with you. So yeah, very important on that one. Totally agree with that, John. Yeah. I actually changed my logo three times before it got to what it is now. So don't, don't let that part hold you back, Brad. Uh, Nailed that point. The logoing is completely different than the brand concept. And we've talked about branding before. Um, Just because your logo is not perfect doesn't mean you can't have a website. You can't be driving traffic. You can't be running a business. You can that can mold, you know, constantly all the time. Look at Pepsi changing their logo all day long. You know, that's it's something that you don't need. You shouldn't be worried about or thinking about. Yeah, absolutely. So from that perspective, I think those are some things from a business perspective from a business that you need to have in place. Also, think about the financial setup. So we talked about the financial, about does it make uh, dollars and cents, uh, but also the financial setup. So as soon as you go from part-time to full-time, there's a whole other burden of accountability and tracking, depending upon, and we're not going to get into this today either, but you know whether you're an LLC or an S-Corp or sole proprietorship, Uh, or a partnership is that all of those are going to have slightly different ways that you need to uh, account for financial transactions. Uh, Mm -hmm. But what most of them have in common is that you, you know, it's just best practice to have a completely separate designated financial uh, banking account for those. So, and you should be running all your transactions through that because if you ever have to show, uh, you know, from an audit especially for the IRS or just from even uh, doing your taxes at the end of the year, you're going to want to have that place where you can go to easily and roll it all together versus running around and be like, oh, wait a minute, man, I put this one on the visa and then I did that with cash out of my pocket. And then, oh, that was the business. Like you do not want to be in that place because it'll be a nightmare and you'll either pay somebody a lot of money to dig through your receipts or you'll spend a lot of time doing it. Yeah, that's an easy fix. Don't let that lapse. Set up a separate account and get and get it done. I mean, that is, I, 
we can touch on it much more, but just do it. <laughs> just do it. It's not it's hard. It's things. not hard once it. you get into the mindset either, right? It's mm-hmm. it's pretty easy once you get into the mindset of it of using it. And every now and then I'll pull out the wrong credit card and use it uh, before I notice it. And you know whatever, like you can deal with that. Um, but yeah, make it make it as easy as as you can on yourself. So I think those are some great things from a business perspective, John. What about the life, right? We talked about, you know, is is your life actually ready for you to go from part-time to full-time? Are you ready to have the personal impact that this is going to do? What are some of the things that, I know you talked about it a little bit in the time management, but what are some of the things that you see uh, that, you know, based upon just folks that your friends that are working full-time jobs and kind of the differences in what you're dealing with and what they're dealing with? So I guess the biggest difference is that I own absolutely everything that happens in my life now because I run a business. So for instance, if something in my personal life pops up per se that you're not expecting, well, that affects my business because it's time away from me actually making money. Um, and a lot of, you hear from a lot of people, Oh, if I could just do this full time, I'd have so much more time to get all this stuff done. Well, there's a lot more that goes into it than that. And you need to be prepared for the sacrifices that you have to make. You're no longer, working a nine to five for somebody else, checking out and going home. You're literally 24 seven, all in, all day, every day <laughs> in this business. And it's it's one of those things that um, you take for granted because you just think, oh, more time, I can get more done. But no, yep. more time, more to do. Like more your, now, your, your whole life depends on it. Um, Look, man, let me tell you something, because like I, I am living this like literally the past three days. This is the fourth day of my <laughs> full time. And I will tell you I, I, what you said right there. Take for granted. Uh, one of the things that I completely took for granted was I had a 45 minute commute each way to work. Mm-hmm. And that sound and like that was one of the things that I just I, I harped on a lot was like, man, I can't wait to get eight hours back in my day, which is true. Because it would take me 45 minutes and uh, 45 minutes to an hour. So it was probably easy an eight hour uh, chunk of time every week. But what I didn't think about was what I actually do in those eight hours. Because uh, one thing, and I know John, we were, we were like kind of laughing about it, is that one of the things I do is like call you, right? I call you yeah. a lot on my way in, way back. And we, we talk about the podcast or we talk whatever. Now, uh, all of a sudden this week, it's like, oh man, we haven't talked about this or that. And, uh, you know, now we have to. To, or schedule at least it. I do, right, schedule it and make sure that we have time um, so it's not that groove anymore. And then also, you know, I talk to other friends, I talk to other business acquaintances, um, typically wouldn't do calls with brands just because of, you know, being on the road and that, but I would at times, I would at times talk to to new companies or something like that. So now, like, I need to now say, okay, um, I still need to use that time to do those activities. I'm just not driving doing it. But yeah, it's like those little things. Uh, and also just at lunch, I would come up with project ideas at lunch or something like that um, or write something down during during a dead time. And, and now what I've realized, even just with keeping, you know, keeping track with the kids and being home with the kids, like, I mean, there's like no downtime. I'm like, you know, keeping one from stabbing the other one in the eyeball. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not over here like, you know, thinking about my next project. I'm just like, put that down. Stop biting his arm. (laughs) Yes. And and I think what you touched on there is a reason that 
there's so many books for entrepreneurs and so many resources out there for scheduling and for keeping your life and for maintaining things. And I, one huge part of, of being a full-time, you know, self-employed business person is realizing that that stuff exists for a reason. It is very time consuming, especially when you're having a, trying to have a real life. So, so I guess first thing that you need to think about if, if your life is actually ready to be a small business owner, an entrepreneur, a full-time business owner, whatever you want to call it, is are you willing to give up time for the in the in the things that you didn't realize were taking it up before? I mean, everything from losing your weekends to dating to time with your family to your commute to work where you are actually calling people to stay communicated every week that no, no longer exists. You know, those type of things um, are gone the minute you're running a business full-time for yourself unless you schedule them in. Um, so be prepared to have drastic changes in parts of your life that you weren't expecting. It's easy to look at everything and go, oh, well, I don't have to go to work anymore. I can just nine to five it with myself. It's like, no, 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 no. There's, yeah. You're putting out fires from the second you wake up till the minute you go to sleep, if you sleep, because that's what owning a business is. And um, they don't. the other aspects of how you're running it don't wait on you. You're obligated now to respond to emails, to make sure all your processes are in line and to do all the things that need done in order for that money to come in. Um, and just realize it takes up a lot more time than you think in that, you know, uh, in that, I guess, uh, dream world of thinking I can be an entrepreneur now and everything will change because I have more time. You actually don't. Um, right. <laughs> and, and, and there's a lot of unexpected parts of life that'll catch up to you quickly. So, uh, not to be a negative Nancy, because there is a lot of beauty in owning your schedule as well. And that is you own your schedule. So now those things that you're sacrificing and giving up, you can actually make time for them. You just have to make sure you're prepared for it because a lot of stuff's going to happen in which you're not prepared for. Um, for instance, today, you know, Brad and I are scheduling around a few schedule conflicts in order to record the podcast. Well, I have a distributor bringing a delivery scheduled for tomorrow who bumped it to today, didn't communicate that to me. I live 30 minutes from my shop where that delivery is coming to. So now in the mid morning when I'm actually doing pre-planning, design work, answering emails, I have to drop everything, run all the way out to my shop, take the delivery, get it back into the shop where it belongs, <laughs> wrap that up, get back in my car, get all the way home and make sure I'm here for the scheduled time that we made. And that's just a normal Thursday for me. I mean, like this <laughs> stuff happens all the time and you have to be prepared for it and be ready for it because that time you think you do have, if you just let it go and think you'll just get a bunch of stuff done, you don't. Um, and I think that's also why we touched on, you know, uh, the planning creating goals, to-do lists, and the objectives aspects of running a business earlier than talking about being full-time because those are vitally important to properly preparing yourself to be a full-time business owner. Yeah, I think the other thing, John, which, <laughs> so this is great. Uh, that was seamless though. Uh, but yes. my daughter just walked in. My daughter just walked <laughs> in and I muted and she said, you know, dad, I want to watch something else on Netflix now. And I said, okay, honey, just a minute. <laughs> so, <laughs> talking about things popping up and, and, you know, once, once she is in school, that won't happen. But man, if you're also trying to go full time and have kids at home, whew, more power to you. But uh, exactly what you were, what you were saying, John, I think was, um, one thing also that I'm just realizing, like to, as I'm running around and doing errands, uh, is that, man, it takes way longer than you expect. 
Uh, and, and I think an important thing that I'm going to be definitely having to figure out is, um, is, you know, we talked about batch processing before and time management is definitely batch processing your trips. If you're going to make a trip, you know, don't go make one trip to Home Depot and come back and then be like, oh, shoot, I forgot. I need to go uh, hit over at the, the Rockler or, oh, man, I, I got to go to the lumber store. And, uh, oops. and all those back and forth is that getting efficiencies in that um, I can already tell, like, I'm going to have to think about it differently because before I would just hit it on my way home, right? I'd be on my way home mm-hmm. from work and I'd be like, boom, okay, I hit it and I'm already out. And so it's easy now. Um, I'm completely breaking my train of thought of where I'm at to go get something. And inevitably, especially around here, the traffic stinks. Um, and so inevitably, if I leave my house, like bare minimum is a half hour. And, you know, it's just something that I'm not used to and I have to figure out. So I completely get what you're saying uh, about that because same thing, man. And they will work here. Yeah. And they'll take away from your personal life. Like I promise you that trip to Home Depot is the trip that you were supposed to be playing catch with your son. You know, those are the type of things that if you let them go, they will catch up to you. So not to be super negative there, but it is something to consider. Make sure that you have processes in place to make sure that when a fire starts, you could put that bad boy out. I know that's a common term in, in corporate, corporate America. Is putting yes, out fires, fighting it, fires. It, it's because it's, <laughs> it, it's real. It's real. And then there's a few other things that you should consider that are not as abstract. They're a little bit more defined and serious because these are huge parts of being a small business owner, as I would know, considering that they've been tormenting me for years. But <laughs> a few, you know, stuff like um, health insurance, uh, car insurance, you know, not having a 401k anymore. Um, these are all, you know, these are all things that are come with a normal corporate job that don't come with owning your own business. I mean, you have to set those that money aside, you have to, you know, take the time to make sure that your health provider, that you're covered, that your family's covered, that your, your wife's covered, your kids, whatever's happening there. These are parts of that plan before you go full time. Um, I know another huge part of it is the steady income stream. And I mean, oh, I yeah. have never, fortunately, I've never literally had a steady income stream. If you guys didn't know, <laughs> in the NFL, you uh, get paid weekly and you don't get paid the whole year. So if you get cut, which I did 13 times, you don't get paid that week. Um, and then going from practice squad up on an active roster fluctuations in income. So I've literally never had a steady income in my life. And I think that that is something that I was fortunate for now because I'm used to it. But <laughs> yeah, if you're used, <laughs> if you're used to that and you're like, I know this is getting paid now and I know uh, how much money's coming in. Oh man, that could be a tidal wave. Oh yeah, dude. I mean, I'm on the other side, right? So, uh, I've had a steady income for 17 years and, mm-hmm. um, I've either always been paid bi-weekly or monthly and that check just showed up. That direct deposit just showed up in my account and I never had to bill anybody. I never had to worry about it. I never had to chase down a vendor. I never had to do any of that. Yeah, exactly. I didn't, there, there was no payment terms. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) They just deposited it and it was, it it was all good. Uh, but absolutely same thing on health insurance, um, you know, looking at retirement income. So some of those things that I was personally walking away from, um, the, you know, the, the health insurance. And so I'll hit that in just a minute. Why, uh, you know, that was a huge thing for us and with my wife working. Uh, but from a, even from the benefits, again, I, I work for, uh, a very large company. So they have the kind of the corporate benefits. So, you know, we got, uh, even like life insurance, like they would, 
they gave me, I think, two times my salary in just a life insurance that I didn't have to pay anything for. So now that's nice. gone. I, you know, yeah, exactly. They did matching in my 401k. I had 401k options. Now I've got to go set up a whatever. I haven't even looked at it yet. Um, but there's all these things that uh, are tied into living a corporate life that are, that gets stripped away. And the nice thing is, like you, you mentioned, John, that these are not necessarily abstract. You can put a dollar sign next to each one of those. And I can mm-hmm. say, okay, how beneficial is this? What would it cost me if I wanted to get that same level of life insurance? Now, fortunately, you know, we already have, um, I already had a, a life insurance policy. So that was just kind of extra. And so that wasn't a big issue for me, but I've got to go now set up my retirement income to, to now switch that over and do the self-employed retirement program. I think it's called the SERP or something like that, but, uh, do that. And then I've got to also understand what are the changes and benefits from my health insurance. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, there are no sick days. Uh, We didn't hit that up there either, but right. There's (laughs) no sick days. I can't, I mean, that is the nice thing about a corporate job is, is like, man, if you get the flu and you're yakking and you're, in your bathroom at 2.30 in the morning, you call the boss and say, hey, boss, uh, not going to make it in today. Yes. Uh, yeah. Like you're the person waiting on their table. Now, yeah. hopefully they, they, will, they can be understanding. Uh, but if there is a corporate deal that you're working and they have to have something to their media agency by the 14th, then, you know, that's not going to help you, right? They're not going to be as kind and gentle as uh, Aunt Betty getting her nice rustic table that you're making her. So all those things I think are are definitely a change from the corporate side. Um, and, and, you know, I think one of the things we also talked about, John, that you were hitting on was like the expendable income. And especially when you initially make that jump before you're really getting yes. built up. I mean, talk about a little bit on that because you said, you know, you struggled a bit in your first couple of years. Like what's changed from your first couple of years till till now? And have you been able to kind of loosen the strings a little bit and see more of that expendable income and not have to be so tight on everything? Um, absolutely. And, and young small business is a lot of trial and error. And I think everyone understands that. But you you may not be prepared for the things you have to give up that are they're essentially luxuries in your life. But you I mean, you're not, one is going to be time. It's always going to be time. And then two, it's going to be um, where you're spending your money. Like, you know, I, I um, when I got done playing football, I moved home with my parents because I had to. Um, I didn't have any more income. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know where I was going. But I started building and started my business, whatnot. I moved in with a friend of mine who bought a house. We were on a handshake kind of thing. I was helping him remodel, I was throwing him cash, and it was something under the table. And I was super fortunate in that sense because I didn't have to worry about being on a lease if I was late for a payment or if the money wasn't there. You know, he was cool with it because we were friends. But I had to give up the living in one of the nicer parts of Pittsburgh, downtown, and like the bustling youth scene in a apartment that I was spending $1,500 <laughs> a month on because I didn't have it anymore. You know, I, I couldn't, yeah. af- I couldn't afford that, just that type of life. And these are things you realize, you know, if the business starts to suffer, so does everything else. And it's because your life becomes it. Um, you know, no more, no more Spotify, no more Netflix. So you try to make money back everywhere you can. And, um, all that money is going back into the business. So a few years ago, you know, I was, didn't, I haven't, bought new shoes or clothes in years because well one I don't need to but and I don't really care to but two it was because the money wasn't actually there like I don't I didn't really see the benefit or payoff in buying a new pair of jeans when I know I needed to get a new table saw blade like (laughs) but that's that's a type of give and take you're going to have 
Um, and you, and you need to be prepared for mentally. Um, but also look at your, look at where your money is going in those certain, like, uh, I guess w- what recurring services that we all pay for now, whether it's, you know, music or streaming right. or subscriptions. Amazon, Amazon prime or whatever it might be. That type of stuff is easily sacrificable if you want to get into business for yourself. But those are the, and it should be considered. Um, it changes your day to day. If you, if you're used to it, um, and you know, those are, you just, just have a plan, uh, in place. And, and also, you know, if your business is brand new, you better be ready to throw all the cash coming in right back at it because that's just how the world works. The sooner you jump in, the more you're going to have to trade off. And I think that that's something that's important because it was, you know, something that hit me in the face hard when I started my business. Cause I just came in guns blazing, no clue what I was doing, trying to make a buck terrible business plan. Um, just trying to put product out there and I was essentially just hustling to pay the bills. I didn't really have a business. Um, I know you took the time, Brad, to actually set yourself up to make sure that everything was in place, that it wasn't a huge sacrifice for your personal or professional life in order to make it. And, and I think a lot of people are weighing both of those when, it, when they're deciding, you know, do I go full time? Yeah, I think from a um, from a content creator side. Right. So just to kind of re- rehash, you know, John, John is talking about from selling furniture. So exactly like, you know, John is more investing in materials, investing in equipment uh, to produce and that nature from a content creator, a little bit different, but the same thing. I, I completely agree. So what I started applying my money back into uh, was better equipment, uh, mm-hmm. better software, things that are going to make me more efficient or they're going to give my production value a boost, whether that's lighting, a new lens, uh, a wireless microphone, those things that are going to either raise production value. So raise the value of my content at the end or that's going to help me get there faster. So 100 percent on that. But from a, um, you know, just from looking at it, from looking down the road and saying, okay, when am I going to be ready? Because we're kind of dancing around this. But um, so for me, one of the things I think that was the big, the big linchpin, if you will, um, was that I wanted to make sure that um, we had some steady income. And so the idea was, is that my youngest daughter, which I've been talking about, um, Macy, she's completely adorable. Um, she is going to, into kindergarten, just starting uh, this next week. And my wife is went back to work as a teacher. So she is now working. And part of that was so that we would a have a steady income and B also have the, the health insurance. And so especially being a teacher, they get very good health insurance. So those were two things that we wanted to make sure that were in place. Um, and then we talked about, you know, the, we talked about the, um, that my journey about becoming debt free. And, and so that was something we were kind of working in tandem. So, you know, there's, there's some things in your life probably that are, you're going to need to think about. And for me, that big, that big linchpin, which basically just, you know, that thing that's like, what's vital to your business working. Um, and to me, it was that my wife could go to work and that we could have a full-time income and good health insurance. Um, so that if I completely flopped that, we have three children and that they're going to be okay. We can live on a lower income. Um, and I, you know, I'd be like plunging toilets around the neighborhood, like whatever, whatever needs to be done. Right. Cause that's like Get what we're going to do, John, like we're like, I am going to do whatever it needs to be done, whatever needs to be done, um, to provide for my family. Now I want yes. that to be in my small business, but I was prepared. 
Um, but I wanted to set myself up. So I think that's the other thing is like, you need to also look at the failure. What happens if you fail? So mm-hmm. you need to be, per, you know, plan prepare. for success, per, plan for failure. What is it? Prepare for failure, but plan for success or something like that. Um, but whatever it is, it, like make sure you're looking at the other side of it. Like what happens if you just go down in flames? Uh, because that's going to happen. I mean, what? The, I don't even know the numbers, but it's something huge. Like at least one in five small businesses fail in the first year. I think it's even way bigger than that. Um, oh, yeah, totally. Or, I'm sorry, not one in, <laughs> one in five, one in five succeed. One in five succeeds. So yeah, like 80% yes. of small businesses fail in the first year. I'm uh, pretty sure it's higher in their first three and even higher in their first five. Exactly. Exactly. So what are those things that you're doing? So from our perspective, exactly what you said, John, uh, those were some things in, that I was putting in place personally. But at the same time, so building into the, um, you know, how was I prepared is when I looked across my income streams, uh, one of the things that I could control or at least rely on was like long term uh, long-term deals with brands. And so that's something I tried to get in place and was able to do uh, where it is not something that I have to be ad hoc. Like if I don't do this this month, I don't get paid mm-hmm. that more of a, of a long-term. So there's great ways to supplement your work as a content creator. And if you can get on some of those, uh, if you can get some of those relationships and deals where you are basically getting a, you know, at least a commitment for a year then that gives you some leeway and then you can go fight for those little projects as well and take your time and go through that, which is, you know, I think what you're going through right now too, John, right. As you're trying to transition into the content creator space and like, how is that, you know, from where you're at right now to where you want to be, what does that look like? And how is like, how has that worked into your business model? Oh, it's so hard. I mean, it literally is driving me insane because I finally got to where I know, I know my numbers, I know my income, I know my sales channels, I know my funnel, I know client relationships, I know how to scale my business, I know how to hire. Like I got all that stuff in place. And now that I'm seeing the potential in the content creator side and that I have a unique opportunity to be able to do something there, it's taking time away from the, all the rest of this stuff. So, you know, in context, what we're talking about, essentially I've been a full-time furniture producer for years now. And I finally got to a point where that is something that pays the bills, it runs itself, the business makes money, the business is profitable. But now I'm making, or attempting to make, a full-time leap into a content creation because I see opportunity and enjoyment there, and I see an opportunity to help and encourage others in this space more than just building tables. So because of that, you know, I'm in this learning curve as well is creating proper income streams, you know, taking into account where my time is going to be taken away from the actual, from the other side of the business. So, I mean, there's a lot that you need to be thinking about when it comes to whatever type of business you're doing. Now, I don't suggest doing things the way I'm doing them because (laughs) I mean, because I mean, I've been, I've been told by others that I'm the kind of guy that would literally saw his leg off to win. Like I, I, I'll, I'll sacrifice everything in order to, to win. And, and you don't, you shouldn't do that. (laughs) I understand that it's something that I work on, but like I said in previous episodes, I won't talk to my family for a month just because I've been doing nothing but, but working. So take into consideration what you're going to have to give up in order to chase this quote unquote dream of yours. Um, because there's other people affected by it. And I think that's where Brad was going with the linchpins is that your children's lives, your, your wife's life and your family's life is going to be affected by this move. And 
You have to consider that one, two, create a proper plan if it succeeds, and three, consider a proper plan if it doesn't. Um, and I, that's those are great tips because um, you know, failure should you should never be scared to fail. You can learn a lot from it, but you should also always be prepared if that situation comes. Um, so I know those are things that we've talked about in private and, and, and thought about for a long, long time, at least um, growing you into this stage. And, and for me, you know, where, where I'm at in my life. Um, so there, besides all this, you know, <laughs> besides all this, I guess, cumbersome, semi-negative concept. There's a lot of po- <laughs> there's a lot of positive to working for yourself and being full time. Like you do own your time. You do have the opportunity to create diversified income streams. You do have an opportunity to grow relationships in places that you want to be and not necessarily be doing things you don't want to. So, you know, going back to furniture production and, and Brad talking about creating long-term relationships as a content creator, there's a much much similar opportunity in the um, production side of the of business. You know, um, seek out local, I guess, retailers or wholesalers who are willing to have long-term contracts and long-term buying agreements in order to produce products that you're already actually doing. I know um, West Elm has a local uh, local program with stores, with, with their stores, excuse me, and they work with local craftsmen and, pe- and people who create things on contract and stuff. And there's great opportunities like that throughout as well. So don't think just because oh, how am I going to get a contract for anything long-term when I make one-off high-end custom dining tables? Right. Whoa, 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 whoa. There is still opportunity there, and you should explore it before you decide on, you know, is this something I want to be doing all day, every day, or is it would I rather be putting my time towards something else? Um, yeah. Now I'm going to take a deep breath. Stop, <laughs> I, stop, I think <laughs> stop, stop sweating here. I mean, this is something – we could have a five-hour-long show on this, and I think it's because – for everything that you and I have ever spoke about and done, it's built up to like this moment. You know, this is where Brad wanted to be two years ago. Sorry, and this I is felt like there I, needed to be music playing there. Yes, we'll throw something <laughs> dramatic in. But this is something I've worked my whole my whole life to get to. So obviously we're super passionate about it and we're very bought in. Um, and we want to be as positive as possible. But we also just want to make sure that there's always caution signs flashing that you see so many positive quotes and vibes out there that are like, the times now do it now. Like, and you're never going to do it if you don't do it now. They are correct. Yes. But do it now with a plan, do it now with proper thought and proper process. And you'll be much, 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 much more successful than if you just <laughs> drive straight through the front door and come barreling in guns blazing and with no plan. Um, yes. Like, I yeah, think that's but, what I was trying to get <laughs> I know. Well, yeah. Yeah. Young gun style, man. Do you ever watch young guns? Is that too, I think that's I'm, too old I think for I'm you. too young. For young guns. All right, all right, all right. You need to watch it sometime, man. They like roll the barrel out, do jumps out, blazing. Sorry. All right. All, all you people who are also forty will be reminiscing about that right now. Um, so let's really talk about um, now that we got that out there. What do you think about some of the stuff that kills your time? So before we hit that real quick, I, I want to just kind of put a, a capstone on what you were just saying, and I, because the post this morning from the MFP account uh, always put people first. Uh, I think that that is just a great thing to live by in your business, you know, I mean, just in general, but because of exactly what John said is that all these people and all these relationships are the things that are going to help your business succeed, whether that's with a, uh, you know, local client, whether that's with local restaurants, um, you know, the local West Elm representative, the person that you're working with, uh, with the brand that you're uh, doing a sponsored work for. 
all of those things is that that's what's going to drive your business is the relationships that you make and how you treat the people that you work with. Because honestly, that's what I've seen the most. Um, you know, those people, when I forget to return their email for a week, uh, those conversations don't always go so great or not as mm. easily as the ones where, you know, or I just pick up the phone and call them and say, hey, what's up? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm Brad. Here's what my brand's about. And what are you guys looking for? How can I help you? Um, you know, I, I really just that quote kind of jumped up in my head from what we did on the MFP account. So, um, yes, awesome on that stuff. So what would kill your time? Um, again, so things to think about. So all of the, all those little things that as a small business owner, now you are, you know, the, the cook, chef, bottle washer and waiter is that you need to make sure you have your social media, uh, content calendar going, you know, you have client contacts, accounting, web development. There's the, we'll, I'll stay on the back end on the digital side, just that whole digital sphere. And we again talked about in time management. Uh, there are so many things that you can get caught up doing. And just to have a solid business plan. And I think that whole 80 uh, 20 rule that we also have been talking about is. What is it? What is the thing that is driving 80% of your business and whether that's driving 80% of your sales or 80% of your views or, or whatever that is. So it's going to be different for each person. Uh, but is there one thing that you have to put first and foremost in digital? Uh, so is that your YouTube channel? Is that your Instagram account? Is that your Facebook? Is that emails? Um, what are those things that you need to make sure that you stay on top of? Because, um, those are the things that are important. And I think where you can fall down is spending time. Like if I spent a bunch of time on Twitter, that would be a bad investment of my time because Twitter for me is like, it's just there. I mean, I've never had a single, uh, I've never had a single business contact come through on Twitter. Uh, If I look at Twitter as a part of my referrals for where my views come from to my website or anything, then, you know, Twitter is not it. Uh, so I should not be spending time there. What about you, John? What What are the things that you think, you know, as you look at what can kill your time? I mean, you've been in it. So what are the things that you get caught up in? Besides social, which you touched on a great thing, make sure you set time aside to manage your social media accounts and your digital portfolio. Uh, and we've talked about that in the past. You also are going to need to understand that, Building a business around client relationships takes up a ton of time. I'm talking driving to clients' homes to take measurements and get visuals and introduce yourself, show them color swatches, whatever that might be, all the way down to answering the 65 emails you're going to get from somebody who just happens to be extremely hands-on with the project. The time you put towards those um, relationship-building dynamics is something that should be considered that can suck away life from other other parths of your business. So we've talked about it in the in our in our um, in the block scheduling concept. I put a whole day aside to make sure I get this stuff done per week, and I know that that's what I have to have done at the end of the day because if I try to do you know a little bit here and there, it ends up eating up a ton of my time, um, and that can really really kill the production value on what you're doing because your mind's not 100% in it. So, you know, making you have a proper sales funnel set up in order for clients to contact you and for you to respond to them, something that can really take away from everything else happening in your business. So uh, make sure you have the proper, uh, yeah, I guess the proper it, process is set up there. 
go back and listen to, I believe it was episode three where we were talking about converting on Instagram. Talk, John talks about his contact sheet. And I mean, I think that's just awesome. I think a lot of people have resonated with that too, John, of how you, mm-hmm. uh, basically what John tries to do is filter people before they even get to him. Uh, so make it so that you're not just having these ongoing emails about, hey, what are you looking for? A table. Well, what kind of table? Well, I don't, and then you know, by the time you're 20 emails in, you finally realize that they want, you know, a $2,000 table for 150 bucks. And it's like, yes. okay, I just wasted, exactly. you know, a ton of time on you. So um, yeah, go back and check that out. Cause that's something, John, I think that uh, I think it's unique to what you've said. And I've not heard a lot of other people using that. So uh, I think that's a great way to do it. Um, so looking at the, the, you know, the sales funnel, because that's, what's most important is getting to those things that are going to make you money as quickly yes. as possible. And whether that's whether that's fettering through the hundred clients filtering down till you get to the two that are going to actually pay you, um, or whether that is again responding, you know, from my world, responding to emails. I get emails all day long from these, you know, basically importers off of Amazon who want me to do reviews for you know, a thermometer or a, um, an LED, LED LED motion light. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) There's like, holy jamoli. Yeah. And, uh, right. So I just, I mean, I honestly, I don't even waste time on them. I just delete them because I know, right. Cause I know that's not gonna, that's Mm -hmm. not in my 80, 20, that's going to take up time and it's not going to, you know, they're already leading with, Hey, we want you to give you product for a review. Okay, great. I can't feed my kids a a motion light. You know, they don't like that so much. Exactly. And, and there's the thing, there's going to be situations like that, that you don't, you can just almost ignore, politely respond. You're not interested, but that you can, you know, essentially just get rid of boom, snap fingers, uh, finger snap, they're done. But there are things with your business you're going to have to do that you don't realize that will eat up your time. Like accounting, for instance, we're not all accountants. I have a business degree. Brad has a business degree, so we have a, we're fortunate to have basic understandings of accounting, but hire an accountant. Tell you this right now, if you're going to run a business, hire an accountant, one, and then set up proper processes in order to manage it. And I'll leave this episode and talking about it at that. We'll get into it down the line, but you know, (laughs) just have that in your head because it's something that's going to eat up your time. Um, And then my last thing, and this might be very pertinent to what you do as well, um, the that eats up your time that you don't realize is... um, Project ordering and delivering and in the in the logistics of the process that goes into it. I know for me, you know, it's not just drawing a uh, a 3D model for a client and then sending it over and getting approval. After that, work actually starts. So I have to source materials. I have to order materials. I have to schedule the deliveries or me going to pick them up. And all of this stuff takes time away from your production, which makes you money. So <laughs> if you're not setting your business up in order to have proper processes like for instance, a design contract in which you get paid on for the design time. Uh, it's a Sean Van Dyke hack. Yes. But those type of things are where you can lose tons of time. If I have six clients that I'm responding to emails to that I have to get drawings out this week, that is a lot of time that I'm not producing product, which puts money in my pocket. So that can eat up a lot of your time. And I know as um, content creators, there'll be instances, for instance, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Brad, that you'll have concepts and ideas beforehand, right? Draw them up, send them over to a possible sponsor and then work backwards from there. Right. Oh yeah. I mean, it's so shopping projects. I mean, that's another thing. Like I'll have a project, uh, you know, let's say a shop cabinet. So I might have a shop cabinet. I might have three different, 
uh, sponsors who I have in mind that would go great with it, whether it's from the joinery, the finish, you know, the actual materials, what it's going to hold. And yeah, going there, like I have to have those conversations. And, you know, the interesting thing about that is that you can't, you can't parallel path that like, right. I can't go out and go, yeah. Hey, uh, <laughs> brand X, do you want this brand Y? Because if they both come back and go, yeah, we want it. Well then I'm, I'm stuck. So you've got a single thread it. And then now I've got to get through that conversation as quickly as possible if they don't want it. Cause then I got to get to the next person. So again, absolutely. It's you, you've got to stage that and make sure that, um, you know, you can do it in the most efficient time because yeah, yeah that can be a huge time suck. That time has to be accounted for. And last thing I'll touch on is make sure that you're billing for it. Um, If you're building a price for a product, a project, a product or a project, digital or physical, the time spent on the design, the manufacturing, the delivery, the pickup and all the stuff that goes in between should be accounted for in your final price. Um, And that's where a lot of people don't pay attention that get caught and realize that they're losing thousands of dollars because they're not accounting for the little things that suck up your time that actually are part of your creative and production process. And as a content creator, um, I would say that will also apply to you in more in the sense of review. So you're not going to necessarily bill up front. Like I'm not going to bill them to design that. And I'm going to work that into my total price. Uh, But in your contract, what you want to think about is if they say that they get revision is you need to put some bounds and some teeth on that. That So what I do with a lot of mine is I'll say, yeah, I will do one revision. Uh, anything after that, I will bill at an hourly rate. So if yes. they say, well, you know, we didn't like yep. how this came across or can you delete this or add this scene or extend this a little longer or whatever it is. Uh, yeah. Make sure that you're thinking about that as a content creator too, because you can get caught in that cycle doing a lot of work. Yep. So, man, I think this is, I think this is good. Um, I mean, we hit on a lot of time management stuff just because I think it, it just ties in so well with what you need to be prepared for and how it supports being your own you know, full-time business versus being part-time. Um, what are some of the takeaways for him, John? So <laughs> lots of takeaways in this episode. And um, I think what you need to keep in mind is what we constantly harp on is having processes in place and having a plan. Number one, if you're going to be, if you want to be a full-time business owner, entrepreneur, whatever you want to call it, you need to have a proper plan in place. So do the right thing research, creating a business plan, even if it's something that's not just, you know, um, excuse me, extremely detail oriented, get a concept down on paper um, and knowing where your income's coming from, where your expenses are going to be going to and what type of money you want to make doing it. Um, Have your brand package together and then also making sure that your financials are set up in order to operate a business. So takeaway one is going to be setting up a business plan. Takeaway two is that making sure your life is ready to own a business? <laughs> it's, it's easy to get, you know, it's easy to say, I want to own a business full time because I'll have more time, but it doesn't actually work that simply. And I wish I could say it did, but it doesn't. So is your life actually ready to be consumed 100% by your business? <laughs> and then a third takeaway um, make sure you're thinking about the things that go into running an actual business. I mean, you're not just running by the seat of your pants. This will give you an opportunity to set up proper 
processes in order to actually win and succeed and not just constantly trying to be catching up, making sure that your your backlog and your pipeline exists, that your income streams, if possible, are diversified and well-funded, um, and that if you're doing anything um, to generate revenue, you're trying to work towards long-term um, relationships. Uh, lastly, consider the things that are going to kill your time that you probably don't build into your schedule right now. Um, everything from your social media to your client uh, relationships um, to your ordering processes, design processes, updating your website, and everything in between. Um, batch time in order to get those things done before you launch your business, and you'll be much more prepared when they become extremely consuming to your time and taking away from your business. Whew, I think that's a four uh, that, that's solid, solid dude. super detail, but there's four great takeaways. God, those are great takeaways. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say for from a homework perspective, what I, what I would do is just take those takeaways. What I'm going to say is if, if you're thinking about like, man, it would be awesome to go full time. If you're, you're just having that, that idea is look at what you're getting right now and, and kind of work backwards uh, from it. So say, you know, if, if I'm in my full time job and I'm making $50,000 a year and I want to be able to replace that completely work backwards. And if you sell, if, especially if you're from product, if you sell cutting boards for 150 bucks a piece, do the math and figure out how many you would need to make, you know, how many you would need to make a month, a week, like really break that down. And if you haven't done it already, understand what what it would take to do what you're doing today. If you're working on social media or, you know, doing um, sponsored content, you know, use that. Say, OK, if, if I was able to make $500 a video, how, what could I do? If I was able to make, you know, this much, what do I need to make in AdSense revenue, et cetera, et cetera, so that you could look at it and really get an idea of what that's going to take. Because I, I think that a lot of people don't do that. They just think in it in generalities. Uh, mm-hmm. But I would really work it backwards and say, hey, if I wanted to make this much, what would it actually take? Uh, so I think that would be a, a great practice for you to do. Um, and if you're oh, already yeah. past that, then go ahead and hammer on that business plan. So, sure. man, I, I think this has been, man, first full time for MFP episode. I'm feeling good. Yes. I'm, I'm thinking I'm I've got, I am too, man. I, I get this, this one, we were talking about the uh, feedback that we've been getting from the audience as well. There was one oh. iTunes review in. Thank you guys so much for, for the five-star reviews over there on iTunes and Google Play. But I really thought this one hit home. I really like this one. So I just wanted to read this. This was from, uh, I don't even know how to pronounce it, but DC Nenier. And uh, the review said, I love listening to makers talk about their craft. On other podcasts, I love it when the hosts go off topic and talk about the behind the scenes stuff about running a YouTube channel or similar things. With this show, I don't have to wait. The entire podcast is about the behind the scenes stuff that I can use immediately and make my channel and Instagram accounts better. And I love that I'm going to get exposed to both of the content production from Brad and the product sales from John, uh, both sides of the coin. Thanks for keeping the content clean. Got to listen to the podcast with my son today. Um, man, th- thank, so thank you, you for, for that. that. <laughs> yes, yes. That, were, that was a conversation early on. I said, no yeah. cursing. John was like, I have to curse. I was like, no, uh, it's cool. Whoa, 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 it's whoa, cool. whoa. I don't have to. <laughs> now, I mean, I do cuss like a sailor. Um, I thank Brad for cleaning me up. Yeah, but I was in front of a TV playing football for a long time, so it's actually not that hard for me. But yeah, the reviews coming in on iTunes are awesome. I have no idea how many we're up to now, but we want to thank each and every one of you that have taken your time to go over there and give us a five-star review. It does help um, boost us to get seen by more people. Um, 
on iTunes. So thank you all very much. And we have tons and tons of reviews just like this. And we're just super thankful. We're 10 episodes in now. And uh, we're rolling with double digits. Double digits. (laughs) We got a good, uh, I think we got a great lineup for uh, episodes to come. Teased throughout all 10 of our first, uh, of the first one. So yeah, man, I'm excited. And I'm just super grateful, thankful. I'm glad the sun's out and we're doing this now. I'm I'm glad you're full time. I'm glad we're we're, we're full steam. Butterflies and rainbows over here, man. All right. Well, we are going to head into our after show now for our patrons. Uh, Again, we do a segment here where we basically take questions from our patrons over there on patreon.com forward slash made for profit. If you want to be part of the MFP tribe, just head over there and you can see all the information about it. So today we're actually be answering a couple questions. Um, one of them about uh, just the conflict of working on social media and self-promotion. And then uh, a specific one on YouTube about some plan sales and how to integrate that and make that the most efficient for what you're doing. So uh, looking forward to that. All right, John, let's go crush this after show, man. Happy to be full time with you, brother. Let's do it, dude. So thank you guys for checking out the show. If you'd like any more information, you can head over to madeforprofit.com. We'll have our show notes as well as our email list subscription you can sign up for. There you'll receive tips of the week as well as all of our other actionable content. If you're digging the show, we'd love to get a five-star review over on iTunes and we would greatly appreciate that. If you have any other questions or suggestions, you can email us at madeforprofitpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love any of your input as well as any of your future show topic suggestions. You can hit us up on Instagram at madeforprofit where we will be answering your questions and giving out tips to help you grow on your own social networks. So once again, we really want to thank you guys for tuning in and we will catch you on the next episode.